Good morning, everyone. I felt prompted this week to pray for those of us who are struggling. So will you join me as I do so? Father God, we thank you that we can come before you as Christ's church in this place. We praise you for all that you have done for us. You're still doing for us and you will do for us in the future as your glorious kingdom comes ever, ever closer. Father God, Lord Jesus, Holy Spirit, we thank you for your presence in our lives and how much that means for us. Today, Father God, we pray for all those who are struggling, for those in this room, for those watching online, for our wider Christian family, our earthly family, our friends, our neighbours, our co-workers, our community, our society. Father, we pray for those with health issues, whether short-term or long-term or terminal, whether discomforting or debilitating or disabling, whether inconvenient or whether incurable, whether physical or mental or emotional or spiritual. Father, we pray for healing. We pray for peace and comfort. We pray for patience and endurance. And we pray for hope. Father, we pray today for those struggling with employment and earning a living. Father, give us this day our daily bread. We pray for work for those who are seeking it. We pray for workplaces that are struggling with uncertainty. We pray for those who are overworked, the weary, those who can't see a future and just want a way out. We pray for those whose work is boring and meaningless and soul-destroying. Father, help us all to work as if we're working for Jesus. Father, we pray for those who struggle with relationships in their family, at work, with neighbours within their community. Show us, we pray, our own shortcomings that first of all we may remedy our own faults. Help us to understand that those we have to relate to are created in your image and we should be blessing them rather than cursing them. Father, we pray for those who struggle with anxiety, with worry, with fear. We pray for those whose lives are loveless, are meaningless, purposeless, perhaps even hopeless. We pray for those who suffer intolerance and injustice and discrimination or bullying. Father, we thank you so much for sending Jesus to us as the answer to our struggles. Thank you for Jesus who invites us to come to him when we're weary and burdened and he will give us rest. Thank you for Jesus who tells us that you, Father God, know our needs and will meet them. Thank you for Jesus who tells us to expect troubles, but not to worry because he's overcome that this fallen world has thrown at him. Thank you for Jesus who offers a life with meaning and purpose and a glorious eternal future with him. Father, as we look at all the struggles around us in this troubled world, help us to give Jesus as the answer when those who are struggling ask us the reason for the hope that we have. Help us not to ignore the struggles we encounter around us, but to reach out, to pray for felt needs, to help out physically, emotionally, relationally and spiritually. Help us to be the shining lights that attract those who are suffering and that we may be able to show them the way towards Jesus, our great healer. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. 
and I'd like to welcome Hans to the platform now. And uh, we're all looking forward to what you have for us this morning, Hans. Wonderful. Great to be with you again this morning. And uh, lovely to see a lot of familiar faces and many new faces too. And it's always a privilege for me to come and share in this congregation and to see the continued improvements and what you've been given, and that's great to see. I was listening to a report this week on the news. They were talking about the problem at the Royal Adelaide Hospital with ramping and uh, of all these um, uh, struggles of people getting into the ER department uh, effectively, because uh, some say because it wasn't designed right in the first place. But, but you know, interestingly, one of the main reasons they said that uh, that our emergency department is struggling so much to cope is because of the number of people that are in emergency now because of mental health related issues. And uh, from um, some stats just for you, from February 2019 through to February of this year the number of people going into the Royal Adelaide Hospital for mental health presentations has increased 40%. And, uh, you know, it's uh, one of the things that's come out of this whole COVID environment is the internal world of people's lives and what's that been built upon. And, uh, you know, it outworks itself in those sorts of social dilemmas. Now, this church is placed in a fantastic spot by God... <laughs> to bring many of the answers we've just been praying for. That God has given a congregation like this a place where people can come and be healed on the inside of themselves. Now, is this the controller here? Is this it? Okay, I've got some PowerPoints up and we'll keep moving along with that this morning. So if you'd like to put that up, David, that'd be great. So this morning I want to talk to you about, ask the question about your EQ, your emotional quotient. Uh, We have... Uh, an IQ, but you know, many people have a high IQ and a very low EQ. <laughs> Their emotional internal world uh, is often moving in the opposite direction to where they might even be intellectually. And this morning, I want to encourage us that as a church, one of the wonderful things that we have the opportunity to bring in bringing the gospel of Christ to our world is that we can deal with the emotional health of people's worlds and lives. And it's that that I want to talk to you about this morning and to learn to live with with the heart because the Bible makes a lot about the heart of the matter. It talks about those things that are on the inside and it's that that I want to share into this morning with you. It may be that you're one of those people that has been struggling with an internal world issue. Well, the gospel of Christ as we heard and prayed for just a few moments ago, is a gospel that comes to bring transformation on the inside. And if you've allowed your emotional health to be a closed book or to be something that you haven't allowed God to touch, may he this morning come through and bring release into your world and life. And may this church be used as a healing balm and an environment as it outreaches into this community to bring with that which is the message of hope to the heart to deal with the heart of the matter and there's a, there's, a must, there's a massive issue going on right out there, right now. And I want to talk into that this morning. One of the other things that's just come out in recent months is the new Royal Commission that's been put into suicides amongst the military. And over 500 people, soldiers, have committed suicide since the Afghan war. Uh, began and that's you know a troubling thing in the last two months of last year there were nine 
suicides amongst our military. There's something on the inside that's a trouble. And God made us to be emotional beings. And we're created in his image. God is emotional. But it's how we deal with those emotions and how we outwork those emotions. And I'd like to suggest to you this morning that without the presence of God in your life, your emotions lead you rather than you leading your emotions. And that with God's presence in our lives, one of the great things that he does is that he brings balance and perspective to that beautiful and unique aspect of our world, which is our emotional makeup. And that that emotional makeup, far from it being a place of insecurity, can become a place of security. Victor Frankl, in his amazing book, uh, uh, The Meaning, uh, Man's Search for Meaning, uh, as he reflected upon uh, the survivors of the Holocaust and all the experiences he'd gone through in Auschwitz, uh, he had made the observation that it was the people who had a strong internal world who survived, that it was the people who had dealt with the matters of the heart and that had something of a healthy EQ that survived despite the physical circumstances and situations they were in. You have two mental circuits that are going on in your mind. There is that which is your cognitive, reasoning, intellectual, factual-based thinking. But there's also your emotional circuit, (laughs) that which is your feelings and your heart and your intuition. And the gospel has come to bring balance to those things and to bring perspective into those. And it's that that I uh, want to explore with you as we go along this morning. Because God has made you emotionally charged in his image, but in a healthy way. And part of the problem is that when we don't have God in our lives, that healthy balance of our emotional well-being is real, it has, has been lost. And there are two extremes that I put up on the next slide that we can easily drift into uh, as um, being part of God's image or not having him in our lives. One extreme is that is that of emotionalism. All that matters is how I feel. The other extreme is stoicism, where feelings aren't important at all. And I'm sure that much of what we see outworked in the mental issues of our world are a product of those two extremes. Uh, Uh, In the emotional framework, the narcissistic thinking of our community and culture has grown hugely as me is the centre of my world and everything is about me and my feelings without uh, regard to others and so we become very emotionally driven and directed, driven by those feelings that are based in all of us of lust and of greed, uh, of, 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 of instability and of selfishness and of, of being very moody and, and allowing those feelings that are about me and where I am at to dominate our world. On the other side, there's a whole bunch of people who, who have grown up in an environment and maybe there's many of you here this morning that may be in that case as well, where we suppress all emotion, where emotion is actually something you don't show. And where you respond stoically, where you have convinced yourself almost that emotions aren't important. And I'm sure that's part of the dilemma within the military, is that there's this great suppression of emotions. It's deep within our culture. Many of us have been raised in a a white Anglo-Saxon culture where uh, emotions uh, have been taught, particularly through the Victorian era, to be suppressed. And where we keep a stiff British upper lip. 
and uh, where we keep ourselves prim and proper and we never show our emotions because that's a sign of weakness. Well, this morning I want to talk into your makeup and the way that God has come to bring balance and bring out the best in those emotional parts of your life and that can allow you to become the sort of person who lives their lives with emotional poise and in a way that it becomes attractive to those around about you and when people say, I want what you've got. What is it? Why are you so well anchored? Why are you so well balanced in your world and life? I would want to suggest that that's what God wants to bring. What he wants to do in you and me is to allow us to find a stability and a strength that uh, and allows us to negotiate well our emotional makeup. And the next slide that I've put up there talks about your own home base emotionally. And one of the ways that is sometimes used to describe personality or people's lives is that we function out of three parts to ourselves. One is the parent in us. The other is the adult and the other is the child. The child is the emotional state. The child is the carefree, fun-loving, irresponsible, partying, goes through all the highs and lows of emotions. On the other side is the, is the, is the um, parent side of us, which is, that, which is uh, standard setting, it's directive, it's authoritarian, it's non-emotional. And these two polarities, if you like, are a part of all of our formation. There are things that you have brought into your world that, as I put up there, have been taught. There are things that have been learnt and there are things that, have, that you feel. And through your life experience, the challenge is to learn to live in the adult, to learn to live in that environment where you draw both your uh, emotional well-being from your parental upbringings and what's been taught to you and that which is your childhood freedom and wanting to be respond freely and openly how do you bring balance to those things into your world and life what's your home base bottom line is for most of us our emotions are are unreliable and are easily open to manipulation. Of course, our whole advertising world has got cottoned onto that very strongly. And they know that if they can appeal to you to tuck on your emotional heartstrings, they can make you buy things when you weren't even expecting to. And your eyes become that vehicle that's used to, to negotiate your world and suddenly you are drawn emotionally to things that rationally you would never go for. The seduction of the eyes and the whole pay uh, buy now, pay later mindset that goes with that in our world has become extreme, hasn't it? You know, the whole uh, afterpay thinking, the whole credit card thinking, the whole sense of you can have it now, that narcissistic feeling and that emotional response of now and not living with the consequences of and so our emotions can be easily manipulated. And the prophet puts it this way, there is a way that appears right, but in the end it can lead to death. How do we work through this emotional state? How do we work through what is in us? Some of us find it much easier to function with warm fuzzies than we do, and others of us function a lot with cold pricklies. And some of this is a result, actually, 
of where you're living your life from, whether it's the, the parent side of you, which is often uh, cold and prickly and that standard setting and directive giving and no, you can't and you will. And that sort of emotional response or the other side, the warm fuzzy that just wants to be loving and nice and not confront and not challenge and, and uh, that uh, just wants to go with the flow of, of, of making things feel good. You've got five love languages that they talk about. And I don't know if you know what yours is. Uh, the five, quickly just summarising them, is, is time, yeah. huh? is gifts and affirmation and touch or acts of service. Uh, for me, it's acts of service. I love it when people, you know, just do things the right way. I don't like things being out of control. I like to have things in place, in order, and if I come home and the house is tidy and everything's done properly and those acts of service have been displayed, I'm a happy man. And for my wife, it's a bit different. She's much more about gifts and about affirmation and wanting to just be have her tyres pumped up and the warm fuzzies. <laughs> I don't know what your warm fuzzy is. But there's also those cold pricklies that we become very... Um, aware of we know which buttons to push we know what opinions will cause reaction we know how to uh, respond in a way that would hurt or or would affect a person negatively now in all that emotional response that was within us the gospel of Christ comes to affect the heart of us and to bring balance to those emotions that allows us to function in the, in the picture that I had up just before, I don't know if I can get there quickly, is, is the adult in us. Is how to bring the, the parenting and the childhood responses together in a way that causes us to function in a way that we're relating to each other right now. We're speaking as, I'm speaking to you as adults. You're responding as adults. I haven't seen any of you break down in tears yet or run out angrily because of what I'm saying you know we're just we're coping with each other we're responding appropriately the emotions are happening in the right balance here this morning now in Galatians chapter 5 and this is perhaps the key thing I want to say to you this morning it lists there a whole list of the fruits of the spirit you may be able to reel them off from the songs that you sang as little kids Uh, Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness. And the last one is an interesting one. It's translated in many of our Bibles as self-control. But in the King James Version, it was called temperance. It's a word we don't use very much anymore. But I put up here on the, on the screen, Christ's presence in our lives tempers our emotions. Uh, it tempers it. It brings that child and that adult responses, and it brings them into an adult framework where it's tempered. And it's that word self-control or temperance. It's a fruit of the Spirit. It's something a Holy Spirit wants to bring into our worlds and lives, that we should be tempered people, tempered in our response. I was talking about this with my wife, and she talked to me about the way she tempers chocolate. And that if you temper chocolate, it makes it all shiny and, and causes it to become, she said, all the molecules align in the same way and you can, you can turn chocolate into a nice, br brittle, breaking substance, you know. 
realigns the, the molecules. And under heat, in the right temperature, you can temper chocolate. Some of you are probably experts at that sitting in this room. If you're a cake maker, evidently it's very important. Cake decorating. But we temper glass. We temper steel. We do things in a way that causes their innate characters to be realigned or characteristics to be realigned uh, through heat, through pressure, through tension, and, 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 and causes that intrinsic quality that's there to gain even greater strength and resilience. And I wonder whether that's not what Holy Spirit has come to do, is that God always intended us to function as emotional beings, but without his presence there, his Holy Spirit's gift is not operating and we're not tempered. We can't cope with the extremes of pressure and we find ourselves being torn in two directions, sometimes towards emotionalism where everything becomes emotional. We live in the highs and lows of life and much of what we see in the, in the, in the spirals down into depression, in the, the spirals down into the sort of confusions, that mental stresses that people find themselves in, or to that other extreme of stoic, stoic, stoicism where we don't respond with emotions or we shut our emotions down and we're not in touch with us. Both those responses are not what God would want for us and would want to bring into our church and into the life of this church the wonderful gifts of his spirit, key of which is in this one, the very last one, the ninth of all the gifts, the gift of temperance. The capacity to temper our emotions and to bring them into a better state. I sometimes think of the Holy Spirit in my life as a spiritual shock absorber. My mother used to talk about this a lot. She used to say, oh, Holy Spirit's my spiritual shock absorber. And I used, to, I used to laugh at her a bit. Or I used to, in fact, even as a younger teen, used to think she was a bit weird. Because she would often, in the midst of tension or difficult times, find herself, find herself praying and praying in tongues and using that spiritual resource of her, of her innate gift of the Holy Spirit within her to negotiate what were sometimes tense moments of life. And I've often reflected on my own life now over the years as, as I have seen that at work in my world as well, that the Holy Spirit comes and he tempers our world and tempers our lives in a way that doesn't remove the obstacles but allows us to ride through the obstacles in a way where the shock is absorbed and where we find our capacity to negotiate what are sometimes very troubling and deep and difficult times in a way that allows us to maintain divine poise. Romans chapter 8 but be to be controlled by human nature results in death. But the mind that is set or controlled by the spirit is life and peace. Because the mind controlled by the human nature is hostile towards God. And those who obey their human nature, in fact, cannot please God. But there's another way to live your life. And that's to live it in the, in the mindset that comes, in the feelings that come from the Holy Spirit tempering your world in 1 Peter 4 and verse 2 it says and allow allow your earthly lives to be controlled by God's will and not by human desires 
The Holy Spirit, the paraclete, he draws alongside us to absorb the pressures and the challenges and the difficulties that are in our world. Here's some other scriptures that really talk about this whole theme of, of, of self-control. And really we should talk about not self being in control, me being in control, because that's where a lot of our world has gone down the track of self-help programs, trying to do everything in our own strength. This is about Holy Spirit's help. His capacity to come into your world and give you a supernatural capacity to ride through the challenges and difficulties of life. Self under his control. Listen to these verses. Proverbs 25. Let, like an open city with no defences is a person with no check on their feelings. You know, the, the, the walling in of our world, the protection of the Holy Spirit, allows us to not to become, in a sense, impervious to the, to the enemies that would want to come in and affect our hearts. Uh, Proverbs 5, 23, people get lost and die because of their foolishness and because of their lack of self-control. 1 Peter 5, 8, be alert and sober-minded. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to, to desire. You know, there's a demonic aspect to what is mental health and issues. I'm not trying to simplify things too much, but what I'm saying is there is an enemy who knows which buttons to push. He knows those things that have deep down in us that have been a product of our, our upbringings. Those things that are our parent in us speaking or the free child in us that wants to just break loose and he knows how to manipulate those emotional responses at times and cause the instabilities that flow. So it says, be alert and sober-minded. There's an enemy who prowls around like a roaring lion looking for the buttons to push. Life is full of emotions. Circumstances happen every day that cause and demand emotional responses. How are you going to negotiate that? Last year, uh, uh, Fiona and I were building a house in the middle of all this COVID stuff erupting. And uh, we'd moved out of our house and sold it and we're living in a caravan. And if you've lived in, any, in a caravan for, any ex- caravan and for any extended time, you know that emotions become heightened. You know, you're living in this very confined space and, and uh, as the weather got colder through March, April, May, we're going, boy, this house better get built. And there was all this question about, if you remember at the start of the whole COVID epidemic, whether in fact businesses would survive and would the building industry go on? Now, of course, we all know now it's not only gone on, it's flourished. And there's been a lot of initiatives from the government to make sure that that happened. But at the start of this time, there, was a, <laughs> there were a lot of things that were going wrong in the building of our house. And there were things that I had to grapple with and deal with. And have you ever noticed how your emotions become heightened at four o'clock in the morning? You know, and I, I can remember waking up a couple of times trying to deal with issues that, relate, that were complex, actually, that related to the services that were supposed to be on for power and water onto this property and that we were going and that we were running into all sorts of roadblocks. 
and it looked like it wasn't going to happen and then it was going to cost thousands of dollars more and there was all these different opinions and the government departments that had all their different ideas of how things should be solved. And I won't belabor the point anymore. Suffice to say, I woke up a number of times with panic in my heart, thinking, what have I led my life and my wife into? Because I couldn't see how there was a way through at times, particularly at 4 o'clock in the morning. And your emotional state can cause all sorts of upheavals to your internal world. And that divine poise that I've been speaking to you about wasn't there. In fact, what was there was the opposite, and buttons were being pushed by demonic powers that would want to like me to go down the path of fear and anxiety. And I remember turning, waking my wife up, which is never a good thing to do at four o'clock in the morning, but I shook her up. I said, you've got to pray for me. This is, I'm in a bad place. And she prayed. And, you know, and it wasn't that the circumstance changed, but I changed. The internal world, the divine poise, turned from just a, a theological construct into a practical reality as the fruit of the Spirit descended upon me and it tempered my emotions. And suddenly, instead of me feeling overwhelmed, I had the capacity to walk through what were, for maybe some of you, very slight issues. But for me at the time, they were significant. Some of you here this morning have gone through various health, or maybe still in the middle of health challenges and crises. There's stuff that comes out of life that is out of left field that you never saw coming. How do you negotiate that? Well, one of the wonderful gifts of the Spirit, fruits of the Spirit, is the fruit of self-control. That your emotions can come not under the control of self, you, but under the control of God as he, with his Holy Spirit, descends upon you. And as that amazing comfort of the Holy Spirit descends and wraps his arms around you and causes his presence to, to just calm your troubled emotions and allows you to function as a well-balanced adult rather than the extremes of either the adult or the child in you, the parent or the child in you. Let me just give, as, we, as I close things up here this morning, just three, three things that I, I found really helpful in, in the way that I grapple with my emotional state. The first one is, is this one. Name the fact that you... Name the emotion. What are you struggling with? Don't try to ignore it. In fact, what here's a good question to ask yourself. What emotion gives you the most trouble in your life? I talked to you about my love language before and the need for things to be in control. Well, you know, when things get out of control in my life, I know that that's a, a button that can be easily pushed that can lead me down a pathway of instability. And I need to name that issue and say, God, I need to come under your spirit's control. You're in control here, not me. There are things that I can't control. And for a lot of you guys here this morning, this is a common shared issue because we like to be in control. We feel that sometimes tied up in who we are. 
that we need to know how to resolve and work through matters. And when you can't sometimes, and when you reach, read, reach roadblocks, there's this insecurity that can rise up that can cause you to react in very wrong ways. Name it this morning. When are you at your most vulnerable? Uh, I talked about my love language, my wife's. You know, she, she said to me, I, I said, when are you at your most vulnerable? She said, when I'm frustrated. Frustration's a big deal thing. For, and she said it straight away. I said, well, you're really in touch with your emotions, which is good. You know how to name it. <laughs> you know what the issues are. And whatever the issue is in your world, name it. The psalmist said, my thoughts are restless. I'm confused. Don't try to cover over. How are you going? Oh, everything's fine. Are they? We've been asking, been challenged to ask that question in our culture a lot more. Are you okay? Are you really okay? Um, you know, and as Christians in a community like this, to allow Holy Spirit to just come and work amongst us in a way that allows us to be in touch with our emotional states and to be sensitive to each other. Name it. Secondly, challenge it. Why am I feeling this way? Is it true? Does it in fact actually help? In Psalm 26 and verse 2 it says, The Lord, Lord, cross-examine me and test my motives and my affections. I was talking to a guy just recently and, you know, it was very, I was very, it was very obvious that during this whole COVID situation, he'd lost his job. Uh, he was involved in the travel industry and things were, had lost their way, obviously, for him because he, there wasn't much travel going on. And, uh, he was starting to respond by drinking a lot more. Uh, you know, I'm not saying you can't drink, but I could see that this was his way of covering over. And I challenged it. I said to him, you know, what are you doing? Can you see that, that there, there's something going on here? And we named it and we challenged it because it wasn't helpful to him. And he readdressed that issue in his life. And maybe there are patterns in your world and lives that you've allowed to develop that maybe you know are not healthy and right, but they're your emotional response to the circumstance you're in. Well, not challenge it this morning. And thirdly, by the power of the Holy Spirit, may you come to tame it. You have a will and you need to engage it and channel your feelings under the presence and power of the Holy Spirit. In Colossians 1 and verse 29, it's not a verse I put up there, but it says, For this I strive with an energy which he mightily inspires within me. That's been an anchor verse for my life, for, for most of my life. I quote it often to myself, to myself striving with his energy. Striving with his power working through me. Father, I can't do this alone. I need your presence and power. I need your Holy Spirit. That's the great message of this church. The great message of the gospel is that in your emotional health, as you deal with your EQ, you don't have to do it in your own strength. You don't have to do it by yourself. In fact, one of the great tricks of the devil is to try and push the button that says, 
you can be your own God and you need to control your own feelings and you need to do this in your own strength. When God intended you to flow in the power of the Holy Spirit and his partnership with you to temper your emotions. This morning we have the opportunity here to invite Christ into our days. And I want to encourage you this morning, if, if this has been an issue in your world or in somebody else's that you're close to, well, name it first and foremost. Then challenge it by the power of the Holy Spirit and tame it under the presence and guidance of his Spirit as he works here within our midst this morning. Here's three verses that I just want to remind you of again this morning. Galatians 5, the verse we talked about right, right along. The Holy Spirit produces his fruit in us. This is his fruit. Holy Spirit, we need your fruits. And one of those is self-control or temperance. Temper our lives, Lord. Zechariah 4.6, And you will not succeed by your own strength or power, but by my Spirit, says the Lord. Holy Spirit, we need you so much. Deal with our independence. Deal with our sense of wanting to be in control. And we surrender to you afresh this morning. And the last verse says, commit your ways to the Lord and he can direct your paths. Father, as we go forward from this place this morning, we're so conscious, Lord, that larger hands than ours can guide our destiny. And this morning I just want to speak into this congregation, emotional health, and that they would not only have it for themselves but could model it to our world that they could show what it is to live life with, a, with a, the Holy Spirit tempering our world, where those spiritual shock absorbers are in place that allow us to negotiate the highs and lows and the rough patches of life, and with a divine poise we move through. Thank you, Lord, that your gospel is not just some theoretical, theological statement. It works out and, and has issue in the matters of the heart. And that you come to transform us from the inside out. And Lord, we live in a world we're aware that is full of emotional pressures and tensions. Lord, we think of the whole uh, abuse area in in homes that goes on as as people try to uh, function out of emotions that are out of control. Whether it's the adult or the child that's responding, it's, it's it's another big issue in our world. In this sophisticated culture that we live in, where at the home level it's filled with emotional abuse. Father God, we will want to speak into that, the healing balm of your Holy Spirit, the tempering influence of you that could come and use this church to be a tempering influence into its community, that could allow the message of Christ to bring transformation and change to the many homes around this area. There are thousands of people, if what the stats are telling us is true, that are in these homes locked up in in, in internal worlds of confusion and of pain. And your gospel comes to heal the brokenhearted. Your gospel comes to heal from the inside out. Your gospel comes with the great message of the Holy Spirit, the one who draws alongside the counsellor, the peace bringer. You, Holy Spirit, just descend 
upon our culture and use this church to touch this world with that tempering spirit, I pray in Jesus' name. And here this morning, would you work in the hearts of any that are really struggling, that are, Lord, really finding it difficult to negotiate their own emotional world? Maybe they realise that it's often the parent in them that's trying to control things and speak out of that directive authoritarian sense. Or maybe it's the child in them that is irresponsible and just goes through the highs and lows and the emotional roller coaster of like a child. Father, could you bring that spirit within us that tempers us and allows us to function as well-balanced adults? Father, the cold pricklies aren't pushed by the devil to cause all the anxiety and issues in our worlds, but rather we can, Lord, respond in a way that isn't just with superficial warm fuzzies, uh, a feeling for the moment, but rather something that's profound and deep as you, Holy Spirit, just come and temper our hearts with the gift of the Spirit in Jesus' name. Come, Holy Spirit, I pray. If you're really struggling in an area this morning and as we're praying, you would like prayer for that, I'd love to you to just raise your hands that we can pray and agree with you this morning. Thank you, Father. You may prefer to just come and speak to me afterwards because I'd love to talk to you and love to pray with you. I'd love to give some scriptures to you that might really be intentional and help you gain that foundation, that poise in life. Come, Holy Spirit, in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Can I just um, I, just look towards me? Uh, I just want to give some words to people, and I, rather than take the time up because your service has already gone along this morning with all you went through before as well, uh, but can, if you feel comfortable, would you come and see me at the front? I'll first point to you, but don't feel obliged to. But Brett, could I give a word to you this morning? Would that be all right? You come forward. Um, there was a guy sitting there with a check shirt. He's going like this to his face. Yeah. Would you mind in the minutes after the service is closed, I'd love to just pray with you and encourage you as well. Ophelia, is it? Could you come? I'd love to give a word to you this morning. Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. There's a lady sitting in the very back row with a scarf around you. It's turning around now. Would you like to come? I'd love to give a word to you. Thank you, Father. And if you've come to church this morning and said, boy, I hope he's got a word for me, well, then come out the front because God certainly got a word for you. Father, I just pray for this church that you just continue to minister your grace through it and use it, Lord, to deal with the emotional health of our community out of people that have found in themselves that their EQ is risen because, Lord, your presence has come and tempering tempers their world in Jesus' name. Amen. Sam, it's great to be with you and thank you for letting me share with you again this morning. And any that would like prayer, it um, be my privilege to pray with you after the service. Yeah. Thank you, Hans. Can we just give Hans a hand for coming and, and, and blessing us? Um, as Hans said, we, we are a bit over time. We, we were going to do another song, but I think we might just end that here. But can I just get the worship team just...
to come up and just to to, to perhaps just play through something. Um, the reason why we wanted to do the, the meeting before Hans came up to speak because we really wanted to open up a time for ministry. We really wanted to not uh, put a, an end to the flow of the, the spirit working amongst us. Um, and as Hans was speaking, um, one thing that we've been wanting to do uh, culturally in our church is just open up the chance for ministering to one another. Um, and we've been inviting and having a, a chance for people to come forward to receive prayer, to perhaps speak a word over, over one another. And uh, we've been, been pushing that and, and wanting to see that become a reality amongst us. And I think one thing that Hans does beautifully is, is to uh, model that. And as he was speaking this morning, I just got a real sense that there's that stoicness perhaps in our culture as a church of maybe sensing feelings arising, feelings perhaps that we haven't had before as the Holy Spirit wants to come and do something in us. But there's this resistance because all of our lives we've been told, hey, we should suppress that. We shouldn't cry. We shouldn't open ourselves up to being vulnerable. I want to say to you as, as your pastor, the Holy Spirit wants to speak to you. When, when those emotions come, they're real. And that's God's Spirit beginning to say there's something that I want to do in you there's something I want to change in you I want to speak a word in you and so if that's you and even this morning as Hans has been speaking as we're going to just spend some time now uh, in ministry don't don't be that stoic stiff upper British lip that, <laughs> that Hans was speaking about make yourself open and say I'm going to actually my heart's pumping, I'm feeling hot. That's the Holy Spirit. And he's wanting to do something in your life. And would you be willing to, even if it's the first time, open yourself up to that? As we're, as we're praying before the service, I had a picture. Um, and then Mike prayed into that picture. I had a picture of a young lamb, a sheep, that was scared, that was vulnerable, that was open to the elements to, to attack perhaps. And in this big, wide world, where was its place? And then I saw Jesus not pushing it into a paddock or forcing it to do anything, but Jesus was just there as the good shepherd, having his hand just over the sheep, protecting, saying, I'm here. And I've got the sense that that's someone here this morning who's, who's scared, who's vulnerable, I just want to say, Jesus just wants to come. The Holy Spirit just wants to come and say, I'm here. Open yourself up to me. Let me know that I'm with you. So we're going to get the team maybe to sing through a song. I'm going to get Hans to stay here. I'm going to stay here as well. But we're going to just perhaps end the service. But if you have that tug on your heart, and you just feel like God wants to do something in you, would you come forward? Would you come forward and, and, and seek prayer? I'll get some of the other prayer team here as well. Um, apart from that, the, the coffee machine will be open if I can get the guys with the chairs here to maybe stack them up. But we're just going to just keep this time open this morning. Would we do that? Lord, we just pray your presence. 
Will you come amongst us this morning? Lord, as we open ourselves up to those feelings, those emotions, that we would name them and that we would just use them, Lord, for what you want to say to us. So come now, Holy Spirit. Send your gifts and give us the boldness to respond and to be open to you, to minister to us and to change our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.